they're not here for the truth. <laughs> they're not not even to consider it, you know, whatever yeah, well, it may be. And, and do what you said right there, man. And that's what it's about. It's like, they're not here for the truth. It's not that I'm sitting here, Joel's sitting here and saying, yo, we got it. We have all the answers and that's it. But we're here for it. We're willing to grapple with these great ideas. We're really to, willing to grapple with controversy. We're willing to challenge established belief systems. And unfortunately, many people, they don't have the capacity or the desire uh, or the time, uh, as some people will say, to, to, to grapple with these ideas or to challenge themselves. You need, you need to build a bridge for them to get over that. It's not, you can't hit people with too much at once. And some of the stuff that, you know, was coming out during the scamdemic, <laughs> what, you know, it was a lot for people to try and wrap their minds around a whole different kind of world. Welcome to Far Faust, everybody. The season of Georgia, chapter two. Uh, I am thrilled to be sitting here with Erasmus uh, and Joel from the Here for the Truth podcast. Let me tell you what these guys have been up to. All right, Here for the Truth is dedicated to empowering truth seekers through the sharing, synthesizing, and embodiment of knowledge. Their goal is to provide people with tools, resources and inspiration to be the best and most authentic version of themselves according to their highest values. This mission statement is powerful. I wanna, I wanna finish reading it because it's so great. The result will be that they'll have a foundation and the confidence to rely on their own reason and discernment to navigate their lives on their terms. I love that guys. Their platform is dedicated to exalting the very best of the human spirit. Thank you guys for, for beaming in and uh, coming on my podcast, man, I'm excited. Yeah, man. It's great to be here, dude. Uh, we had you on our show last year and we had a great conversation and a whole bunch of different topics. So it's nice to be here. All right, that, that, that episode with you is a bit of a cult classic, actually. There's certain people that come up to me and just love that episode. Really? They love, they love the Faust episode. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I had no idea. I figured that one went right, right under the radar. <laughs> and we touched on a lot of different things, man, which was really cool. Yeah. No, we definitely did. And very foundational stuff too, that I think is important, especially people that are kind of waking up or seeing things in a new light. Um, it was, it was important. I think. I thought it was a great talk and gave me a chance to get to know you guys a little bit. And, uh, and, and, you know, since then I've been, I've been checking out your work every chance I get. And man, I'm so glad you guys found each other because First of all, that synchronicity in and of itself. Um, let's just, let's just begin right there. Uh, how did you two? Because that'll give people a little more uh, knowledge about your backgrounds and how you two came together. Why don't you guys tell everyone that story? It's such a cool synchronicity. Yeah, man, it was it was a mystical evening on the thirteenth of January, twenty twenty one. It was the first time in fifty two <laughs> years that Saturn was square Jupiter. And <laughs> the, the, the three the three northern stars of Orion's belt were perfectly aligned with the pyramids of Giza. <laughs> no shit. Is that I the figured version? it was something like that? <laughs> uh, hilarious. <laughs> oh, bro. In a, in a nutshell, the word is unslaved. Um, Unslaved is the podcast hosted by the great Michael Tosarian and David Whitehead. Um, we're both huge fans of their work um and uh, one day i was listening to a podcast on somatic intelligence and the two guests were Erasmus Leonessis and his wife sophie fletcher and this was knowledge and information which really hit me in an incredibly profound way and i went out of my way to search for Erasmus on instagram i reached out to him and i thanked him for that conversation and i shared with him some of my own work and some of my own songs from my history as an artist 
and we just connected. We hit it off. We were talking for a couple months just on Instagram. Then we're like, let's meet over Zoom. We met over Zoom. And then the second time we met over Zoom, we just decided to record episode one. We realized we were on the same page about a lot of things. We both wanted to start a podcast. Um, we both wanted to, I guess, share the path that we've been walking in. It's been every day since, man. I didn't realize that it, that it was Erasmus's wife on the, on the, as a guest with him. I didn't. So you guys are filling in the blanks for me too, but what was that podcast about? What, what, what about it? Did you think? Yeah. Well, it was all about awakening somatic intelligence and, you know, so often many people have these ideas of, of, of what the shadow is and how to deal with the shadow and how to deal with the unconscious. But what's usually forgotten is the major piece of the body and how the body is, is the vessel of the unconscious and it stores all that trauma and, you know, all, all, all these, all, all those projections can be seen in inflections and in the way we move and in our armoring and in our character. Um, and so really bringing the body back into the picture of this journey of awakening, which is really a huge missing piece, you know, it's coming more so to the forefront now, but I think those conversations are so important. And it was, it was that which really blew me away. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I know David Whitehead, but I know him from, uh, his podcast, hmm. which I think is a little different. Um, Truth, Truth Warrior. Yeah. Truth Warrior. And I had him as he was a guest, an early guest on my podcast going way back in the middle of the pandemic which was crazy because it was still a lot of censorship going on but uh but even let's even go back even further i mean 10 10 12 years ago man you and i were in an acting class oh, I know. <laughs> oh my god and, we, and we, we we didn't even really know each other we weren't we weren't like homies like anybody said hi to each other a few times connected on facebook and then right. like two years ago i saw you posting some stuff that would be considered controversial. Or yeah, I was taking the, some heat probably against the status quo. And I was like, Oh shit. Faust is, oh, is, dude, is I'll never talking about some real shit. And then, yeah, I reached out and we reconnected. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. I'm so glad you reached out. Cause I didn't have a, there wasn't a single friend, you know, because I was obviously at the time off the bat, I was speaking to a, a lot of people who were my peers, um, you know, actors and, people in that um, world, which is, you know, I, it's, it, it can be a very um, compartmentalized point of view that, that people in the industry have, I'm not saying of all of them, but uh, so large when you reached out, large percentage, yeah, large percentage. I mean, let's be real. Um, no, no point in mincing words here, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but it meant a lot to me that, that you reached out and that, you know, at least I, somebody, seemed you know to understand what i was saying and you know wasn't unfriending me or you know whatever all that bullshit that people do because they they can't they're not here for the truth <laughs> they're not not even to consider it you know whatever yeah, well, it may be and, and do what you said right there man and that's what it's about it's like they're not here for the truth it's not that i'm sitting here joel's sitting here and saying yo we got it we have all the answers and that's it but we're here for it we're willing to grapple with these great ideas we're really willing to grapple with controversy we're willing to challenge established belief systems. And unfortunately, many people, they don't have the capacity or the desire uh, or the time, uh, as some people will say, to, <laughs> to, to grapple with these ideas or to challenge themselves. You need, you need to build a bridge for them to get over that. It's not, you can't hit people with too much at once. And some of the stuff that, you know, was coming out during the scamdemic <laughs> what you know it was a lot for people to try and wrap their minds around a whole different kind of world but uh yeah man so that was cool that's crazy man it was a it was a larry moss workshop right yeah well, Larry Moss. Man. yeah 
and Larry Moss was he was one of the key catalysts in my in my consciousness path, you know, because I was all fucked up and I had no I, I really was kind of completely ignorant as to why, but he was like, you gotta find out. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it, I do gotta find out. So then I started down. But anyway, I think I was taught I told you guys a lot about that journey uh, when yeah. I was guest on your show. But um so dude. Joel, I was listening to your music, man. Like, mm. talented, talented brother. Music, something which will always be with me for sure. It's taken a back seat at the moment. I feel like I'm just taking a little detour. Um, you know, I played in that field and in that industry for a long time. I mm. achieved varying degrees of success, um, but I don't think it's the it's the ultimate path um, for me at the moment. So it's not going anywhere. I'm still, still writing songs in my own time. And when, when, when the inspiration comes, I let it pour out. Um, but yeah, bro, I, I released a, awesome. a track last year, um, which became a bit of a, an anthem at the Freedom Rallies um, yeah. here, in, here, here in Australia. And I still perform when I get the opportunity. Um, nice. I, I love that shit. <laughs> awesome, bro. Dude, I was at this conference about two months ago and this guy is named Dr. JJ Hurtak. Um, he's a physicist. Uh, he worked with the remote viewing program with uh, Russell Targ and those guys, but this guy has been around the world and he just, he's got a lot of books that um, you probably would find very fascinating just, just on how music ties into the, the very essence of, of life and, and geometry and everything on this planet. And he writes so well about it. He had this presentation that completely blew me away and, and actually, the, a lot of the doctors, scientists, the, these huge-brained people who have come into a degree of enlightenment are creating these unbelievable technologies. Um, meanwhile, they're like you know, meditating uh, and swimming with the whales in Hawaii and communicating with the whales. And I'm like, you did, you did what? <laughs> I'm like, so before, or after you invented this laser stem cell therapy you know i was like what uh it's yeah. crazy but uh yeah he calls it singing the sound singing the song of the stem cells that's what he likes to call this invention that he made that is really about to take the world uh by surprise god willing it gets that far you know um yeah. with the powers that be but joel you you um you have grounded alchemy right which is that that is the that's kind of the basis of your what you studied right is that accurate yeah well it, initially my path before really i connected with erasmus and and we decided to do something more collaboratively um i'm a member of michael tessarian's taroscopes mystery school and that's really where i learned the power of tarot um and taroscopic astrology as well and initially i generated a a, a little um coaching platform helping people um to discover more of who they are using these particular divination systems now there's there's many divination systems um and really what we do now together is just try to integrate as much as possible these different systems to really highlight to an individual that they were born with a unique purpose with a unique reason with unique gifts nothing about them's accidental no part of their passions their feelings are foreign to them because you know also the ultimate philosophical question is who am i right mm -hmm. well you know some of these systems are really able to highlight who who you are and very often when people get quote unquote divination readings, what happens is they get highlighted through them things that they've already discovered about themselves. And therefore they get confirmation in that process just to be who they were born to be, you know, like 
oh, wow, I am that way for a reason based on my birth information. Why would I do anything other than deny that part of myself? It's literally part of the fabric of who I am. Um, so to me, that's that's the power of divination. When people hear divination, they think it's like very woo-woo out there, super mystical, super spiritual. To me, it's the most grounding knowledge available to us. You know, it's literally the embodiment of you. It's being more connected to yourself, more connected to this reality, more connected to your gifts, your purpose, even to reason and rationality. Um, and so that's kind of my take on divination and what I try to do with grounded alchemy, hence the name grounded um, as, the, as the first word there. You're asking, I was listening to your podcast about human design. When I think of human design, I, I just, I think of that book that Greg Braden wrote, which I think has a similar title and I'm, and I, and I, and I admittedly, I get confused, but, um, but I know that it's, it's also a, a, a divination and it, and it, but can you give everyone like a bit of a, you know, description of what human design is about? Yeah, sure. I mean, again, it's another, it's another system that helps you accept yourself, love yourself, know yourself uh, on a deeper level and get out of the compare and contrast game. Um, so human design integrates for, let's say, ancient science, sciences, uh, Western astrology, uh, the Kabbalah tree of life, a nine centered Hindu chakra system and uh, the Chinese I Ching, along with an understanding of like two modern sciences. And again, it utilizes your, your birth information, time, date, and place. And when you put your birth information on a certain software, like your body graph chart comes up and there's all this different information on there that supports you and really understanding your specific energy type. There's five types in human design. It's how you interact with um, your environment, with yourself, there's your profile that has to do with your, you know, pers like personality trait, or let's call it the costume that you wear in life. Um, there's the, one of the most important things that I love about uh, human design is the um, authority, which is your uh, decision-making process. So, you know, each person's going to have uh, one of several decision-making processes that's ideal for them. And so, again, it's just, uh, it's very different than other systems out there. Um because, uh, you know, they're just the things that focuses on is different, like, especially like, like strategy and authority, you know, each person has each type has its own strategy for life. And like I said before, you know, individual decision making process. So uh, it's changed my life. I mean, all these systems that I've come across, you know, like I've gotten little nuggets of information and wisdom that have helped me stake my flag uh, in the ground more and has has been something like, oh, yeah, that's totally fucking true. Or, oh, man, that makes sense. Well, wow, that's a challenge of mine. You know, so I'm just able to love myself and accept myself more and just kind of like, just kind of give two middle fingers up to like, you know, like how society in the healthiest of ways. How, yeah. Yeah. In the healthiest way. It's just like, like I'm, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to stand in my truth. I'm going to honor myself, love myself and, uh, and do what I have to do. And if people don't like that, then that's fine. You can go on your merry way and live your life. It's all part of the journey and, and each step, even the one that you were like, oh, I fucking wish I didn't do that. You know? Yeah. But you, you, you had to do it. You know what I mean? There's the, there's the conscious I, you know, and, and who we walk around or who, at least who we think we walk around as that's our personality. And then there, there's everything that makes that up, which is subconscious, you know, meaning you don't know about it. <laughs> I mean, until you do, you know, I see people that have been in therapy seven years and 
they're still talking about the same shit. I'm like, you should fucking ask for a refund for the last five years. Like, what, like, what are you doing? You're still talking about the same. I mean, I know that people need time to grieve and process. I did. But at the same time, if you're just affirming the bad and, and rehashing the bad and talking about the bad, what do you do? You're not creating anything yeah. besides, you know, you're setting yourself up for more of that. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing is like, ultimately, the proof is in the pudding. What is your life like? You know, what are your relationships like? So if you're spending seven, seven years, you know, rehashing the same things over and over again, but you're getting triggered in the same ways, you're attracting the same individuals in your life, you're not fulfilled and you're not satisfied with what you're doing, then, you know, the individual needs to have a, take a, a honest, hard look inside and go like, well, maybe I need to do something different, but that's up to the individual. Each it's, time. It's, it's an individual journey. It's hard to do it. You know, it made me think about you guys are offering, um, it's called rise above the herd and it's an, it's an eight week. It may be full already. This, this go around may be full, but, but, but it's, you guys are taking people in and, and, and helping them find authenticity and integrity in their lives. And then look, man, if you don't, if you, if you're listening to this and you've never experienced the kind of magic that happens to you, when you align with your truth and your integrity, then you are missing out because I'm telling you some of it is straight up magic. You, I mean, things are going to fall out of the sky for you when you align in that way. So check these guys out, check out Rise Above the Herd. You know, this program that they're offering, it's it looks incredible. Tell me about some of the peeps you guys have had in the program. Man, it's really just people that are realizing that there's something more. There's something missing. You know, they, they realize deep within them that they have potential which isn't being realized by walking the path that they're currently walking. And ultimately they they come to us to, in 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 my opinion, do what is the the the, the deepest shadow work, really excavating what is everything that's inauthentic within us that's holding us back from really creating the magic that you speak about, you know. A hermetic principle that I rely on often is as above, so below, as within, so without. So the more we can really shine a light and highlight all these aspects of ourselves, really understand who we are as an individual self, develop authentic self-esteem, you know, ultimately that inner work when properly aligned with true vision and action is going, is going to change your life. And the thing that's going to change your life is not anything external. It's the recognition that you are the person that's competent, capable, and willing of, of, of making it happen. And as you take each step, you build that discernment, you build that muscle, you realize how capable you are, you develop authentic self-esteem. And then from there, you continue to take bigger steps. You begin to trust your own mind again, trust your own thinking to deal with the basic challenges of life. And then not only deal with the challenges of life, but be able to thrive because you realize that ultimately your willingness to think appropriately is, is directly correlated to your willingness to live. You know, we, we can't live unless we trust our minds. So yeah, man, they are they are incredibly brave-hearted individuals. There's no doubt about that. Um, they they do tell us it's better than therapy. One guy told us it's better. <laughs> one guy told us it's better than ayahuasca. <laughs> no shit, that's saying something. Well, I mean, for some people, yeah, yeah. Um, dude, like at the end of the day, we can't. No, no one's coming to save you. You know, we, we can't keep externalizing our life, our responsibility, our willingness to be conscious and living and live in integrity onto, onto anyone else. We have, we have to walk that path ourselves and our job is really just to hold up 
you know, the, the clearest reflection possible to these individuals, really imbue them with knowledge from the masters who've done the homework with us. So we synthesize and we distill the most potent information that's helped us on our journeys. And we try to communicate that and help them integrate that in their lives in a way that, you know, they just have those, those clarity bombs every single time they have a conversation with us. Every single time they hear a module, um, it's like, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a new window opening and they get that recognition that it doesn't matter what the world does. It doesn't matter what Babylon does. It doesn't matter how corrupt or inauthentic or how, how lost the herd is. It's in my hands. I'm the rational being. I'm the reasonable being. I'm the capable being. I've, I've recognized all these aspects within myself and I can walk my own path free of the burdens of guilt and shame, which everyone else is fucking drowning in. Yeah, man. Boom. Boom. A- amen. I mean, maybe that's not the appropriate response to that statement, but. A woman. A- I, was, I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah. Um, so well said. Dude. So well said. Um, there's so much to be said about that, you know, guilt and shame. I, the, so. I was, I had a little party a couple of days ago. My son, well, this was, we were still in New York and it was like one of his last days of school. And on the way to school, this is, this is my 11. Well, he just turned 11. He was 10 at the time, but this is him in a nutshell. He's like, Poppy, what's hell? And I'm like, it's a phony place <laughs> that uh, a bunch of religious people made up to scare people into going to church and living in a scared way i was like it's hell is a word to soften your energy so you can live a life of mediocrity and never rise above the fucking herd it sounds crazy i'm like it's not real he's like it doesn't sound real he was like how could there be a hell i was like there is man when i was 10 years old i thought i was going to hell okay i was like i touched myself by accident last night i'm doomed i'm i'm so doomed (laughs) i know that's uh, that's right up there you know yeah, I, mean, I was I, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness man. So oh, wow. that that programming was so heavy for me. So wow. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I was raised Catholic. Uh I, thank God I, I grew out of it. Um, but you know, it's nothing like teaching a kid that the moment he does something that is, you know, a natural inclination that he's gonna roast in hell, you know, if he <laughs> unless he can find a way to reconcile and confess i mean what i mean that is a terrible terrible thing to teach a kid i didn't no idea why i was praying for my soul at like 10 years old but i knew i was people like what's wrong with you i'm like i fucked up (laughs) (laughs) oh it's terrible but uh you know what's more terrible man the fact that people feel guilty simply for the fact that they are alive simply for the fact that they exist that's what we're talking and they can't even prove it to themselves it's just i'm a born sinner and i want to spend the next 80 years atoning for something which I don't even know that I've done. Literally, that's why you go to church, at least the churches I went to, and everyone looks so unhappy. <laughs> right? I mean, I, 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 Dr. Joe tells this funny story about his his Italian grandmother. She, he said he used to sneak up to her room and watch her pray and cry. And he was like, what is she doing? She'd be like, <laughs> you know, like, and I, I know now like that's, that's not praying. I don't know what that is, but that's not exactly what prayer was meant to be. Um, there's no power in it. You know what I'm saying? Um, there can be power in prayer, but not the way I think most Westerners are taught to do it. Anyway, you're asking us, what do you think about all this? What do I think about <laughs> everything that we're talking about? 
Yeah, well, I like, listen, I was raised I was I was raised um Greek Orthodox, you know. I was gonna I, say I was, there's uh, no way you got I away. Was raised, <laughs> I was raised in the Greek church. You know, it's a little different than the Catholic Church and, and Jehovah's Witness. I mean, um, I feel like a lot of the services that I it, it, that I took part in, like it's all ancient Greek. So it wasn't like it wasn't like you're gonna go to hell if you do these things. Uh, but still, there's still an element of um collectivism involved in the sense of, you know, sacrificing yourself for some greater purpose, you know? Uh, I mean, I had a pretty good experience growing up in my youth group, but my mom brought me, like I had woke, woke, woke me up every Sunday to go to church, man. I had like perfect attendance Sunday school <laughs> from age like six to like 17, you know, I was an altar boy, I did all me that too, yeah. stuff, but, but there were positive elements too. You know, there was a lot of um, different organizations within the church that I was a part of and different competitions, different things that allowed me to, you know, challenge myself, you know, but ultimately I realized like, you know, some sort of organized religion just isn't for me. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for some of the experiences that I had, but it's just not something that, uh, I put time or energy into. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, people make it work. I, I I had this incredible guy on he's uh, but, but he understands it. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't buy into any of the, you know, he, lo he loves kneeling five times a day. It gives him a chance to, to show his gratitude and to feel it. You know, he's just taken the Islamic religion and, and made it really spiritual um, with this greater understanding uh, of the teachings. It was really cool talking to him because I was like, wow, this is what religion could be without the dogma, without the guilt, you know, um, without the extremism. It was really cool to talk to him. And he's a, he's a psychiatrist. And, but I was like, see, it can, it can work, it, you know, but it, it kind of have to take the religion out of it almost. <laughs> Listen, I think it's a personal process. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say what another person can do. But at the end of the day, again, you know, do you love yourself? Do you respect yourself? Are you, are you living your purpose? Are you living in integrity? Um, you know, these are the things that matter most. Like you can go to church all the time and put on the face, like I'm such a good person. And then what are you doing in the private? You know, right. what are you doing when people aren't watching, you know, what's going on inside your mind? You know? So again, I think, uh, I don't have, I don't have an issue with people having like, you know, connected to a religion or a spiritual practice unless they're fucking living, unless they're hypocrites and they're yeah. living one life and saying, Oh, look at me. I'm a Christian. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm a practicing Jew. Look at me. I'm this mom, such a great person. When the reality of the matter is you're anything but that, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's do you man, like, do you, yeah. it's not, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. That's what I, I mean. Everybody can do themselves. That came out wrong, but you know, everybody, <laughs> everybody should, can, can take part and participate in what they want. You know, it's, it's when that participation asks them to condemn other participations that I, that I'm like, whoa, whoa, no one has a problem with you guys doing what you do. You know what I mean? Like, what, why do you have a problem with them? You know, I, I do believe in live and let live. Um, I feel like it's the only, it's the only answer to some of the problems our society keeps banging their head against um so so rise above the herd is an eight-week program right yep eight-week program and and you guys uh so do you bring in um any of your your work from from like from the divination stuff or is it is this totally an amalgam that you guys created yeah it's a, it's an amalgamation of different 
things that have supported us uh, throughout our journeys. I mean, as far as like divination, I'm not sure maybe I would call it human design divination, but it is a divination system. Um, that's the bonus uh, element of our course. So, you know, it's kind of just extra uh, people get their human design charts. They get oh, their cool. human design life theme. They get um, even some gene key uh, information. But ultimately, we have a private telegram community with just the, the members of the program and Joel and myself. And they have the opportunity to ask any questions that, that they want. They can ask any questions on their human design chart. You know, I mean, I was introduced to human design like maybe 10, 11 years ago, but like seriously, like eight years ago. And uh, it's been a big part of my journey. And and for a while I was, uh, I was doing one-on-one readings as well. So they get to, um, they get to experience that. And then other than that, it's just stuff that has inspired Joel and myself, like, like Joel mentioned, like, We've learned from some of the great masters of the past, and we we do our part to synthesize. Uh, I think maybe the most important elements that are going to support a person to re- truly um, become an individual, honor themselves, and rise above the herd. You know, because we're seeing all around us what people are doing, and we're seeing over the last however many decades how the indoctrination has mm-hmm. been happening through culture, through through the institutions, um, to to get people to to abandon themselves for for some perceived higher good you know Mm -hmm. that 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 who decides you know that the people who have the most influence within the collective the politicians the priests etc like fuck that and and why why have they decided is the bigger question because it's usually not for the reasons you've been told i mean i should say i could almost say always (laughs) it's always not for the reason but you know i was watching an interview with aaron russo um the late Mm. aaron russo and man he you know there's a dude who he was just he was so lovable. I, I, I don't know, Joel. Do you, do you ever do you know who Aaron Russo is? He's a he was a, a filmmaker. Great places. Bro. One yeah. of my favorite movies of all time. Man. Oh, he was cool. a he was a producer on that, but he was he got real into you know like truth seeking. Yeah, he started making documentaries. documentaries. Um, and and I mean his whole thing was, you know, look, I'm I'm only on this planet in this you know, uh, form once, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to help people. He was just really a lovable guy. Right. And, and so the Rockefellers yeah. really took a liking to him and they, they tried really hard to get him to kind of, they were like, we'll give you all the money in the one. You can make any movie you want. He was like, yeah, but I don't, I'm not going to think like you. I don't want to think like you. And they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? You, you, you got to look out for your, for your own. You, you really care about these people. And he's like, yes, I really fucking care about these people. You know, I can only imagine the conversations that he had and and all the ways they tried, you know, they tried to get him to sell out and become one of them. You know, they really liked him. I mean, he's a really likable guy. I watch all these interviews with him, but he talks about that how this country, America, was set, you know, was set up to be a republic. And this whole notion of democracy that they've taken and they've really spoon fed everyone and they've turned it into this word, which is, you know, sacrosanct and, 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 and made people believe that, that, you know, we are nothing if we're not a democracy. But the problem with the democracy is it says that, you know, the individual should be obliterated if, if, and when the majority need him to. And that's not what this country was set up to do. This country was actually set up as a republic so that the individual could have a choice whether or not to join the other 99% of the people, not be fucking left behind because he didn't. 
And he makes a great point. And he's like, the Rockefellers would talk about this all the time. He was like, you have to condition people to believe they have, they must be part of the herd or, or they're not good people. And that's the problem with, you know, this, the, the democracy and the, the conditioning that has happened in our society, part of the problem. anyway. That's very well said, man. Um, and ultimately it can be summed up in one word, which is collectivism. You know, the, the priorities and interests of the crowd and the group take precedent over that of the individual. And at the end of the day, it is the leading cause of death, destruction, and tyranny in our planet in the forms of communism, socialism, fascism, Christianity, Islam, whatever it might be. But, you know, though, though, to, to me, those religious organizations, they're just spiritual branches of collectivism. At the end of the day, it's still about sacrificing yourself for the greater good. Um, and yeah, you, you summed it up very well. It's, it, it is the problem. Agreed. Um. So you guys want to go a little far out with me? <laughs> far out with Faust, man? I mean, that's the whole point Let, of this. Let's, let's do it. Let's see if we um, can hang. I don't know. We'll see if we can hang with you. Hang, man. But you don't need to buckle in because where we're going, you know, gravity's not a problem. Right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let we can just, with whoever wants to start, right? I'm going to throw this out here. You, what, what I want to know is um, what was the most intense kind of like, holy shit did that just happen no one's ever going to fucking believe me you know moment that happened to you that that you know maybe it was supernatural maybe it was mystical maybe it was just you know like the most insane quote coincidence if you believe in those things that you know that you could ever imagine but w yeah. what was that moment for for you you're okay you go Oh, well, the, the one the one that stands out, if we're talking like supernatural, unexplainable, is in 2018, um, it was Christmas Eve, two months after my first daughter was born, she was she was moved. She was, I, mean, I, I can't explain it. She was in our bed between us, perfectly wrapped in, 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 in her wrap, perfectly tight. Um, she couldn't have gone anywhere and I woke up to my wife screaming, saying, where's Valley? Where is she? She didn't fall. I couldn't hear her screaming. She was literally somehow picked up, moved, and placed on the, on the floor in our bedroom. All the blankets were still perfectly tight, perfectly wrapped. She was laying down, sleeping. And this is, we're talking about a two-month-year-old. She's not wow. freaking going anywhere. This was, I'm talking about meters. She was moved to meters. Um, and yeah, that's wow. something which I still can't figure out. So fascinating. So crazy. And shit like that happens and you're like, why why what could it mean you know what i mean you could boggle your mind yeah. trying to figure out why for the rest of your life and you and you i mean you're gonna have to create a reason because who knows why did you ever come up with something like what was your biggest guess dude the only possible thing that could have happened is one of us somehow sleepwalked picked her up yeah. moved her onto the floor <laughs> but none of us have none of us are sleep me and my wife i'm not sleepwalkers we never sleepwalked in our, yeah. in our lives, like ever, you know, my, my brother's a sleepwalker. I get those stories from my parents, but I don't wake, I don't wake up and sleepwalk and neither does she. Um, so what are the odds the, though? What yeah. are the odds that you, one of you did that that night with your daughter and picked her up in a way that was so gentle and placed her, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, what are the odds that that's. Yeah. So when I, when I feel into it, it's, it's not the answer. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still a work in progress. That one. Awesome. I was just, I was a sleepwalker like crazy as a kid. So I, I have out there stories of things that happened to me uh, as a sleepwalker that were just 
insane. And I didn't remember any of it. Wow. I was told the stuff by my mom the next day, you know, like one time she caught me just like dangling outside the the window from, from my bedroom. It was two stories up. Like I was wow. about to jump out and then she just got me. And then another time, like she found me just like in, in the front lawn, just sleeping, like in the front of the house, just like <laughs> out there, you know, an, a, another time um, it was during, this is, this is funny. I was talking, talking about religion before, you know, growing up Greek Orthodox, there's a, there's a, there's something called Holy Week. And it's like the week before Easter. And that's like, you go to church like every single night. And so as an altar boy, I was like involved with different things and we fasted. We didn't eat any meat, you know, or meat or vegetables. I know it's not vegetables, meat uh, during that time. And so we'd, I'd eat a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So there was this time my mom tells me, I just like, again, this is all during sleepwalking. I just like not, I went into their room while they were sleeping and I just hovered over my mom and she <laughs> opened her eyes and I went, make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> And, 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 and so, and so she just like guided me back to sleep. Cause you're not supposed to like try to wake. You just kind of like, okay, let me just guide you back to sleep, yeah. you know? And, um, and then I'm just going to tell a few other stories cause they're just funny. And then another time I was there, I had this gumball machine and I was just walking up and down the hallway in my house and I was petting it saying, Oh, puppy, puppy. <laughs> My, and my mom like found me like, this is like four, three, four in the morning or something. So she just tell me all these different things, you know, like all this crazy, but then oh I just God. stopped. I just stopped, you know? Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Like after, after college, it just, maybe during college, it stopped. Wow. And who knows? I haven't like gotten into the reasons why that is. Well, you but, know, uh, it, it could just be, look, they say that, you know, the, the, the whole brain chemistry, everything start you know, shifts every, you know, it's cyclical. I think they say it's like every seven years, 10 years at the most, when you see like a, a there's usually a pretty big shift. It could have just been, you know, you came into more of an equilibrium. You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it was really fascinating, but I I used to just laugh the next day when she would tell me. I was like, no, no, what are you talking about? No, I didn't. And she no, just be I saying didn't. these things to me in a Greek accent. No, you walk up up the the, the the hallway with the thing and you pet it and say puppy, puppy. You know, it's just like <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> You're like sure I did. She she doesn't know what to start. Yeah. I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways. Those stories are so and, and, and to answer your initial question, I can't think of anything right now. Like something that just happened like that was like wild and crazy where I was like, you know, kind of something like what Joel said. I can't. Yeah. Nothing's coming to me. Did you ever see a UFO? I've never seen a UFO. You could see no. one, you know, if you wanted to. <laughs> I'd like to. I just maybe have to put some att uh, attention on it, you know. Oh, like spend less totally. Time. I mean, you know, there's so like this. I happen to be drinking out of this coffee mug i got this at um a dr greer um stargazing oh, yeah. retreat um and he he i mean he you know he was a meditation teacher before he became uh a physician an md uh for all those years but he's also a, a disclosure guy you know and he's he's been yeah. working to try to uncover the fucking 80 years of lies the government has been sitting on about ufos about ets about our our interaction with them about the all the technology we have you know i mean real quote conspiracy theory shit except now we have the space force and you know every once in a while you know, the pentagon's like oh did you see that ufo it was harassing our ship we're going to need four billion dollars to defend ourselves yeah right okay get ready for the next false flag everyone you know um the Wait, there wait, are the government the government lies to us <laughs> New, is that really? this just in um uh, yeah. are, we, are we in the wrong podcast you're asking us yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the, whenever the Pentagon is confirming what they have, you know, they're, they're giving the tapes to people like what's his name from Blink-182 and Jeremy Corbyn. They're saying, break leak this to the press and then we'll confirm it's real of course they're the ones that gave it to him but dr greer has all these you know insiders and he's working to try to get them to understand that this is all you know dog and pony show that we've had the truth when they say we don't know what they are it's all it's all lies propaganda you know they're trying to create this invisible threat they need the next invisible threat you know we go through we get you know we had the terrorists we have the little invisible uh letters the words that start with a v not vagina <laughs> and you know pretty soon we'll have this this i'm sure it's on the horizon but but dr greer teaches this awesome meditation uh he calls it a ce5 uh close encounters of the fifth kind and huh. and it's you know it's it's basically a coherence meditation you know you you, you just you you quiet the mind and and once you're once you're very quiet, you can start to send a very coherent signal out that kind of starts right here from from your heart, from your most you know powerful part of you, and then you just start to reach out with your consciousness, right? And a lot of times, um, you can connect with with ETs and with craft or, or ETs in a craft because their technology is very seamlessly uh, linked, you know, to their consciousness. And, you know, they're not traveling in three-dimensional time and space, you know, with fucking jet fuel or any of that nonsense. So you can, you can connect with them. You can ask them, you know, if it's safe, if they could make a cameo for you, if they could say hello, you know, if it's safe for them. And, and many times, you know, you don't need to be like well-versed at this. It helps if you have, you know, more than one person. But it's not necessary. You can you could do it yourself on any clear night. Um, and the meditation had an experience with that meditation that's been successful. Yeah. So so, dude, I used to do them in New York City, which I, I didn't realize was such a, <laughs> you know, I, I, you, you got to do it in a place where it's yeah. there isn't like radar and constant, you know, monitoring. Light yeah, light pollution is a big thing, but. Um, I mean, I, I was able to connect with a few ships in New York when I was in New York City trying to do it, but it was all conscious. It was not in, you know, in a physical 3D. Mm -hmm. I didn't, but when I went to um, this retreat and and there was 600 people doing this meditation, we saw, um, we saw an array of phenomena. We saw, I mean, we saw dozens of ships. I mean, Dr. Greer is a fucking Mecca. He's, he's so connected, um, but we saw all kinds of ships and we saw we we saw i mean i saw a ship that materialized in and out of physical space like 50 yards from where we were sitting and i swear i was the only one like i the, the i was sitting next to this um woman and my brother and she's like look over there and i was like every, every literally everyone is looking ahead and she's like don't take your eyes off over there and i'm like okay but we were we were volunteering and we were sitting in front. I was like, "Is this a good example?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, fine." You know, and so we I turned this way and I'm like, oh, "I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch this way," you know. And sure enough, man, this like this flash of blue happened, and 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 I was like, because it, it was so close, and and you could start to see 
the ship and, and and then and then everyone saw it and stood up and i couldn't see anything after that but i got like five seconds of a video you know um when i when we first moved to topanga canyon i don't know if you've you've been to topanga at all but it's you know right outside of los angeles and you know we're definitely in nature and and the skies are super clear at night and a friend when we moved in gave gave me a book and it was uh topanga and ufos or something but i haven't read it so after this conversation i'm kind of inspired to read it and then to go out at night and try out this meditation and see if i get any visitors and joel if i don't show up to work one day (laughs) take me to yeah you know where he went um you should you're in a great area i mean i've I've been through topanga it's 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 beautiful and it's a perfect perfect place to do you know uh see no idea there was i had no idea there was a book like like there's probably people who've had experiences like like you're explaining and and i'm kind of I, I haven't gone down the, the, you know, UFO or alien rabbit holes too much. And, um, but I, I'm very curious to see, um, yeah, what's, what's out there. Don't get me started on the conspiracies. <laughs> Far out, it's, bro. it's, I mean, it's, think, a, how do you think it gets introduced? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think? What are, what are oh, the you, steps? Well, what you mean? Like, um, free, free energy. Yeah, or 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 this um, ufology, ufology. Oh, the false. So, well, the only way that free technology is gonna is gonna become part of the public, you know, is if it's created in a way and made public, you know, in such a way that it can't be destroyed, buried or destroyed. Because, you know, every time someone has created, uh, you know, a a closed loop free energy device and patented it it's been you know they've been fucking offed you know they literally they've been killed you know they, they, they've you know murder suicided themselves or or just been poisoned or shot with the fucking cia's heart attack gun i don't know you know like any any number of ways they could do it uh and, and the technology has been buried it's either bought and buried or just gone missing. You know, the elements needed to make it like, I just did a, a, a short on Stan Meyer. You know, he invented a, a, an engine that ran on water. It actually separated the hydrogen fr- uh, from the oxygen and the waste product was oxygen. And, uh, you know, this dude said, and he showed how it was, a, he got a lot of press. If you Google Stan Meyer, you'll see he made the news. He was all over the papers. There, the first news report sa- speaks volumes. It says, a local man has come up with this, you know, uh, water fuel technology, and he says the Pentagon is interested in it. And, and you know, so the Pentagon was already reaching out to this guy. And this was before they, they could censor news in real time. You know what I mean? This was a local news broadcast. And Stan Myers talking about how, yeah, the Pentagon was the first people who called me when they heard about it. Now, isn't that amazing? You know, why would the Pentagon be so interested in, in this, you know, in, invention, this water fuel so it's and we've had these inventions come and go and come and go, you know, and that's because as long as the fucking oil tycoons run in the world and every other industry, they're gonna come and go. But but you you make something, you put it on fucking YouTube fast enough for people to be like, I got it, I can recreate that. Then you can't stop it. Then then it's too late. Then it's viral. You know what I mean? We need free energy to go viral. That's the only way it's gonna have an impact and be, you know, recreatable. That will be the the beginning of the downfall of the power structure, I think. And as far as the UFOs go, 
God willing, you know, enough people start to make contact that they can't be fooled by the propaganda. Cause I don't, you know, I know you guys are smart enough not to watch the news, but you know, they're putting out a lot of propaganda, a lot of scare propaganda for people who do uh, about this, this threat, you know, this threat to our, you know, they say, we don't know what it is, but we know they've been harassing our naval ships and we know they've been around our nuclear um, plants. And of course, none of that is true. The ships harassing the naval vessels are the ones we re- we created, and now we can do with whatever we want. God, you know, hopefully they don't get too carried need, away. They just need to send Maverick after them. That's what I'm fucking saying, man. That's all I got to do. <laughs> Maverick can pull nine Gs. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he would take out all the alien ships. Yeah. He's Maverick. If they're going to lie to everyone and tell everyone that ETs are going to attack us, why can't the ETs say, bullshit? (laughs) That's pretty far out, man. You know what I mean? (laughs) Why not just fucking say, why not just call bullshit? I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) You guys are like, I have no idea what to say to any of that. No, man. I mean, I I enjoy the conversation. I mean, there's so much, there's so much we don't know, you know, there's so much speculation about so many things, you know? And so I like going down the rabbit holes and at the same time, it's like, well, what can I control and what can I do to to better my life, better myself and do the things that I, that I want to do, you know? So um, I, I like, I like dancing in these waters. And at the same time, I'm just like, yo, let's get practical. Yeah. You know? No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I try to stay practical. Believe it or not, I swear to God. Um, I do try to stay practical. I I am gonna go back and and do this uh this th- three-day weekend again just because it was it's just uh it's a lot of fun, you know, to to connect yeah. in that way. Yeah. I totally feel what you're saying. I mean, just from this conversation alone, I feel like I might spend a little more time outside <laughs> at night. You should, man. It'd be cool. Because you know? there are stars, you know, and but I get caught up being inside often. Yeah, I saw a UFO here where I live not long ago. I'm on the south coast of um, New South Wales, little town near Wollongong. Um, and yeah, there was quick, I'll right? Send you, I'll, send, I'll send you the video, man. I don't know how oh, nice, nice. This. I've got no other explanation. Like, 100%, it falls under the definition of UFO for yeah. sure. Couldn't, couldn't it, have been a drone, wasn't a plane, had no sound whatsoever, was doing all these crazy directions. Oh, wow. For, for 10 minutes, man, it was pretty local. Um, so you tell you, you tell me what you think. I'll send it to you after this. I'm, I, it sounds like it was real, like it was a real crap. Doesn't sound like it. The way it was behaving, it doesn't sound like a government uh, re- replica. Faust, just so you know, if there were ever elections for Earth Ambassador, um, I'm totally voting for you. Hey, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I, I I like to think of myself as a as an ambassador of sorts. You know, <laughs> I love it. It's awesome, man. Um. What is your most profound life-changing book, Erasmus? And ask Joel first. I mean, I know what he's going to say, but ask Joel. <laughs> All right, Joel, go ahead. Um, Atlas shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no shit. Oh, there's the, the there's no doubt, man. Um, Ayn Rand cut through the shit like nobody else. She basically theorized everything that we're experiencing now. She taught the most valuable and profound lesson of the 21st century, how to value your own life, how to value your own existence as a, as a thinking rational being. Um, And, uh, you know, once upon a time I saw a comment on YouTube 
It was my life is in two phases before and after reading Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. I, I, I agree. <laughs> Very cool. Mm. Nice. All right. You're up. Was that, did, did he say what you thought he was going to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Just um, I'm trying to think, man. There's so many books I've read over the years that are so many random genres. So the most transformational, it was probably one of the first books I read as a teenager. Um, and it was Siddhartha by Herman Hess. Okay. And, um, you know, that, that was just the, the first, it was just a really powerful story of just knowing that like you can live and experience life beyond the conditioning of your family or your society, et cetera. And so it's like, here's the story of, you know, the Buddha, you know, living in a palace and having all these blessings. And he was just like, yo, I'm out. I'm going on a walkabout. I'm going to go experience <laughs> life and see what it is and, and have all these adventures and experiences. And so I think that really, um, that really uh, impacted me, especially, you know, I grew up first generation in Greek American and, and mm -hmm. most of the time, you know, first generation children, they tend to like stay close to the home. You know, the parents will like condition them. Hey, you got to take over the family business or, you know, you got to live close to home or, Hey, I'm going to bribe you to go to a local <laughs> college. You can't go away to school, whatever the case. You got to take the bakery all, over. Yeah. These are all, these are all real stories, you know, of kids I grew up with, you know? Um, and I just, I always knew there was more out there. There's more I wanted to experience. I've always been very curious. So, so that book had a huge impact on me. And then some, another book that probably a lot of people will say had a huge impact on me, on them. Uh, cause I've read it four times at different times in my life was the alchemist. I just love the simplicity of the story, you know, about like, you know, following your heart and going after your dreams and, and, and paying attention to those signals that, that nature god the universe presents itself you know those synchronicities those omens um uh, and i think that's been that's been really powerful for me as well of just uh supporting my intuition to go oh well, that's interesting like let me go in that direction let me turn right here let me turn left there let me pick up this book let me you know answer this call let me go on this trip there's just been something that has supported following that inner compass within myself that mm -hmm. has guided me to where I am right now in my life and uh, where I'm in a place where I'm, I, I'm very satisfied and grateful. And I, I mean, I fucking love my life. Uh, I mean, there's moments that, that are, are like that annoying and suck, of course, but <laughs> I'm human, you know, but in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, so many things that I've, so many seeds that I've planted when I think back even years ago, it's like, are, hap are happening in my life, you know, are, are here, you know, and, and a lot of times I don't even know how the fuck it happened. You know, <laughs> it's just, I've just kind of like, like, I've kind of just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go here. I know I'm going to go there and I'm going to, I'm going to move. I'm going to do this thing. And then it's like, Oh, this is my life. Cool. You know? So yeah. there's like conscious, there's, there's obviously conscious action that plays a huge role, but, but intuition has, has played a huge, like, I don't even know, like, I, like why I moved to, I left New York city, you know, nine, nine and a half years ago. Like it, it's just like this, this, this like thought came into me, you know, or came from me, you know, yeah. and that's how so many big decisions that I've made in my life that a lot of people would think I was like insane for just, just doing, they just, it was just something that came to me in the moment. And, and like, it just felt right. And then after sitting with it for a bit, it was like, this is the, this is the next step I have to take in my life. 
whether that was like choosing to study abroad in Australia, whether that was taking all my savings and after college and backpacking Europe by myself for a few months, whether it was leaving a well-paying job and a, a somewhat of a path in 2008 and just backpacking around the globe with my savings and to, you know, like people thought it was nuts. And my parent, my old school Greek parents, <laughs> I mean, shit, they, they thought, they thought it was nuts. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and actually, actually, let me go back to the question you asked earlier uh, about some like, like transformative or like otherworldly experience, a memory is coming to me. You know, uh, I took off in 2008 and to backpack around like the US and around the world. And actually in the beginning of 2009, I, I ended up uh, going to this like shamanic healing center in outside of Iquitos, Peru. You know, I lived in a tree house in the jungle and I was like the only person there for like the first few days. Oh, and, I, and I decided because I had read a few books and I had some people who recommended me back then, what is this 12 years ago to experience ayahuasca. So I was like 2009, I ended up at this center. And I, I ended up doing six ceremonies over nine days. Wow. And my, 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 my second ceremony, I had this crazy experience where I was like in this like deep, deep place, obviously for anyone who's experienced with psychedelics and I have, I have my own views on them uh, in general, but um, at this time in my life, I was really open to this experience. And I remember like sitting there and having this like moment where I'm like been traveling around the world doing all this crazy shit. And my little old Greek parents who like, like their children, their children, like is, is their whole world, you know, their life. Mm -hmm. They have no fucking clue where I am. <laughs> You're in a fucking like I had just three days earlier took a, like a 20 hour boat ride from Colombia on the Amazon with a bunch of fucking locals and me, this little old, like this little white Greek dude, you know, I was like, Hey, I want to go to Iquitos. Can you take me there? <laughs> sure. They have no fucking clue what I'm doing. And I'm like, I was like, what is it like? Like I almost had the thought of like, what was it like? To, what is it like to be a parent? I mean, I'm not a parent, both of you are. And in this, in this ceremony, I just, I had these like two, they felt like gold or silver strings that just like shot out. Oh, <laughs> shot out that was wild That's shot crazy. out to my parents like they had their little room in new jersey like their tv room where they chill and they just like watch tv and like greek shows <laughs> off like the satellite you know and it just shot out and like went into them and and i felt like i tapped into their consciousness and felt what it was like to have love for a child and and i fucking lost it i was just like weeping for like I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. And, and that changed my, they changed my whole experience and my relationship to my parents. Like I, I, I was able to have more compassion and understanding in terms of like, Whoa, like I'm here doing all this shit, traveling all around the world. And, and they're worried about me, you yeah. know, and they, and they, they care about me. So like, I don't know, it was just a deep, uh, that's beautiful deep experience yeah. for myself. It's and again, a, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck happened. I was in this fucking place. Like, I mean, that's the best of tripping I think, out. <laughs> that's the best, I think, of, uh, of of some of these ceremonies, and you know the the kind of experiences that you get to have, and sometimes even replay. And and you know, I, I was. I just reminds me. I was I was in a plant ceremony a few months ago, and and I saw myself playing with my son on the roof of my building the day before. And I saw how impatient I was. 
and I, and I, and I, and I, and I, I kept being shown how impatient I was and how much like my father I was being, and it was ripping my heart out. Like, you know, I was just like, what happens to, I, I, you know, I, I must go unconscious. Like that, like the part of me, you know, when it comes to, cause, cause we were doing, I was working in technique with, with sports with him and God, there's a part of me that is very much like my father when I'm trying to do that. Like I, I lose the patience sometimes and I just kept seeing myself over and over and I was like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to, it just gave me a tremendous chance to connect with myself and my son. And that love is so big and profound. That's a, that's a beautiful story though, man, you know, that you got to experience that. <laughs> and I'm fucking crazy. I had no idea that you were doing, you did all that crazy shit, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's, it seems like forever ago, like my life now to what it, what it is back then, you know, 14 yeah. or 13 years ago, whatever the case may be. Yeah, man. It, more and more. But, and, and, but again, like you said before, everything feeds the next thing, you know? So I'm so grateful for all the experiences. I'm grateful for the, 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 those moments like in fetal position, weeping and fucking crying and snot come out of my nose, mm-hmm. you know, going through the breakups, you know, like I'm, I'm so grateful for all those experiences, you know, cause I wouldn't be who I, who I am today if I didn't have those experiences. And I, yeah. So it's beautiful. man. I mean, finish, uh, finish the story. The last intuitive hit to email Michael to Sarian and be like, Hey, look at my wife's work. And you end up on a podcast that some dude in Sydney, Australia watches <laughs> on the other side of the planet. <laughs> well, that, that, yeah, man, that's it. You know? And it, it's so funny because I, I had been thinking for years, like I always wanted to reach out to him just to thank him for the impact that he's had on my life, but I never did. And then that just felt like the right moment because, you know, his work, you know, really, he's so good at connecting the dots and bringing things together. And like, for my wife to come over and be like, yo, check out these two books, you know, like these, these three paragraphs. And I was like, oh, this is so really, really cool. And then that just felt like the right moment. And again, like you said, like, it's wild where we are now, because of that, all these different things that play that, that happened, you know, and here we are, like the three, like, if I could just think about, and this is what um, (laughs) I learned from my buddy, Gavin, uh, we used to we used to work together and and he's Japanese American and there's this statement in Japanese uh, called itadakimasu. A lot of people use it uh, before they have a meal and it's like gratitude, but gratitude on steroids. And and he he translates it as thank you for everything that it took to make this happen. Um, and so here we are in this moment, the three of us, and I can hold space for fucking all those things that had to happen that brought us together in this moment, you know, for us, for each one of us to say yes, to work with Larry Moss, you and me at that time, you know, 12 years ago, whatever it was, you know, and then Joel and, 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 and we're here in this little, in this moment right now, in this, in this period of two hours where we're sharing this experience and this experience will never happen again. You know, like is like the sacredness of the moment, you know, like when you're with people, when you're in a workshop with 11 people to be able to be present to that, like this will never happen again. This moment, these people will never happen. And I think like that's what helps me get present. And that's part of my spiritual practice is like really having a deep gratitude for the process of life, you know, and, and what occurs to, to, for things to happen, you know, like it's, it's, it's a really, marvel. It's really, it's awesome. You know, in that word, when you think of when you're in awe and that's what connects me to the deepest parts of me, you know, when I'm not checked out, like, you know, yeah. 
it's easy to check out. That's so well said. And it's truly a marvel. I just GPS us on a globe in my mind. And I'm like, holy shit. It's like mm. Georgia. And then we go out and then we go all the way over to Australia. It, it's just the, the, the connection literally um, in, in a, in a very literal way transcends time because <laughs> one of us is in the future and and yeah. one of us is in the past and one of us is in the present well <laughs> in any way you want to look at it right like it's yeah. crazy it's fucking mind-boggling yeah man well that's 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 the mystery which we're so out of touch with on so many levels you know and like we talk about conspiracy and i say this often but what's the greatest conspiracy of all other than the fact that what the fuck are we doing here right now having this conversation <laughs> in these human bodies with these abilities and these skills to think and to move our hands and to move our fingers and to connect over the internet. Like what the hell is going on right now? You know, but we don't really have the bandwidth to, to cater to that because we're so trapped in the, in, in, in the mundane and in the routine, in the drudgery of it all. But when you really get those opportunities to feel the immensity of what it means to be a living human being, you know, the greatest gift in the cosmos and you're, you're living it right now very true man it's it's mm. uh it's so well said so you guys are amazing i'm so glad we had this conversation i literally spent 15 minutes right before we got on uh because i was running around all day but i, I just did like a 15 minute uh gratitude meditation and and it, it was like uh it was remarkable and 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 i was just thinking of my kids and and this podcast and everything that's happened and it was just it was it was a it just shot me from kind of scatterbrained and stressed out um, to, you know, a real elated feeling of like, of, of joy and, and gratefulness to, to be able to jump on here with you guys. And the fact that you guys had me on, you know, your podcast when it was, you know, just beginning and it, it was a great honor to be on your show and, um, and to have you guys on has been an honor for me. So I'm so grateful for your time. I want to I want to ask you both one last question before you go. We yeah. talk a lot about programming and we know how susceptible the human mind is to programming, you know. Um Bruce Lipton used this amazing analogy. He said, you know, you could get a brand new computer. It can be the sleekest thing you've ever seen. You could take it out and power it up and you go to use it and it's shit because it's not programmed right. So what good is it if it doesn't have the right programming? It's no good at all. You know, it's, it's bugged out. And I'm like, man, he's so he's so right. You know, it doesn't matter how sleek your so your hardware is if your software is not right. So what I want to ask you guys uh is if you could write a bit of code for the for the the human, the human mind, you know, the human heart that would help us experience this life in a greater sense of ease and joy, you know, uh, what, what code would you, would you write that you, we could slip into the consciousness of humanity? I'm not very good with computers, man. So Joel, <laughs> I'm pretty tech unsavvy. Just to honor, to honor thyself, man, just to, to love thyself, know thyself and accept thyself on, on, on the deepest levels. At the end of the day, man, you're never going to escape yourself. You have to deal with you every single waking and sleeping minute, whether it's conscious or unconscious. Um, so be benevolent to yourself, be a friend to yourself first and foremost before anything else. 
because at the end of the day, the quality of that friendship is going to determine the quality of every single decision you make in your life. And ultimately that will be your destiny. So yeah, be a friend to yourself. Yeah. I I think whatever the code is to make what Joel said, like a person's individual value system, I I would do, you know, I, I just think like having a desire uh, and the will to, to do the deep work, to um, evolve as a human being, you know, but in a really grounded way. Uh, I'm kind of one of those dudes. I'm re- I love, I love getting into a lot of stuff, but I, what's practical and grounded is really important for me as well. Uh, I think that's why I'm really into like even body work and, and, and somatic work is, um, you know, stay on the heroic path you know, face those challenges, you know, do, do the deep work that's necessary because people sit there and they pay lip service. Like, Oh, I want like, Oh, I want to find this, 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 my dream guy, or I want to find, you know, the girl of my dreams, or I want to have my dream job or whatever the case may be. But what the fuck are you doing about it? Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, are you, are you, are you, like I said earlier, are you just re-experiencing the same patterns over and over and over again? You know, so that code would be to like, to be like, oh shit, I'm experiencing the same thing over again. I'm saying the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. Like must do something different, you know? So mm-hmm. I think, I think I would, uh, enhance people's, uh, consciousness to, to just, um, yeah, just, um, adjust course yeah. more effectively. But, yeah. The, the ultimate code is already here and we take it for granted every single day. And that is the code of freedom, okay? We're the only species in existence that has volitional consciousness, that has the choice to act for or against our own interests. And we take it for granted because we're scared of responsibility. And everything you see around you is only possible because of that inherent freedom, you know? Um, So what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. Don't give it up no matter what. That's what I'm teaching my kids. I'm like, you listen, it's going to fall on you boys. Because no one's going to remember, especially your generation. They're not even going to have a clue. You got to know how it was in order to, to, to keep what we got, yeah, at least, you know. But you guys, um, listen to everybody. Check out Rise Above the Herd. Check out their podcast, Here for the Truth. They've got some remarkable guests coming on. You guys recognize some of the names. Um, it, it's a great podcast. I, I've, I've been a fan for a while now uh, and uh, you know, getting, getting more familiar with these guys for this conversation has given me a chance to really dive deep and they've had some awesome conversations for you guys to check out you guys. uh, The website is, is here for the, is it here for the truth, right? Yeah, man. Here for the truth.com. That's where they can access the podcast. They can just hit the group coaching tab and they'll end up at our rise above the herd website. But if they want to go directly to rise above the herd, it's rise above the herd.co. And they can submit an application and jump on a 20-minute call with us as soon as possible. We've actually just opened doors for our third run, launching September, nice. and we're taking 20 people only. So if, if, if you're keen, we'd love to meet, connect, and see how we can work together. Awesome. You guys, it's been real. Um, I, I so appreciate your time. I know I know you guys are both busy. Uh, it's, can't thank you enough. It's been, it's been great. Likewise, Fiasse, man, and thank you for the role you're playing, dude. Like, uh, we, we, we honor it absolutely, man. You're walking your own heroic and authentic path. And, you know, you wake up every single day and you're consistent and committed to, you know, nurturing your little corner of of what it is to, to, to walk a path of truth and integrity as well, man. So right back at you, brother. 
Thanks, brother. I appreciate that so much. I love you guys. Take care in both parts of the world you're in. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be seeing you around. I know that. All right, bro. All right, well, guys. Thanks, man. Take care.